Welcome back to the Hoosier Band Podcast. How are you, Sean Morton? Jeffrey, I am absolutely wonderful today. Know why I'm wonderful today? Because uh, I'm wonderful today as well. We you, didn't welcome, walk, you didn't walk past the mirror? Uh, yes. Oh. We welcome an old friend in, a good yeah. old friend of ours, comic Davin Rosenblatt. Hi, How are fellas. you, Davin? Thank you for having me in this, uh, on this momentous occasion when so much is going on. I, I appreciate you guys squeezing me in. I know you guys have such hectic lifestyles now. <laughs> what, what have you been doing to keep busy? Uh, what have I been doing? I've, I've been um, writing, trying to get my book going, um, the podcast, start, trying to do this online comedy thing, charity work. Uh, you know, I've actually been pretty busy. Not making much money, but I'm busy. <laughs> I hear you. What's, what's this book going to be about? Uh, about scamming. You guys know how I deal with like, how I go get oh. off after all those scammers and educate people and all that stuff. So I'm going to talk about how I got into it, some stories about that, uh, some education. Because originally, before all this wonderful COVID-19 hit, I was going to be going to places to lecture about it and do speaking arrangements. But much like our comedy career, that has to be put on hold. So I'm trying to put it uh, in a book. But it's hard. It's hard to sit there and write. And I got to do research, find out all this. Because I've been doing this stuff since 2012. So I have to go back and try to listen to old shows and find old conversations about how I got into that world. You know, one of the reasons I love listening to your show, and I actually do listen to your show, which is great. Oh, thank it's, you. Uh, it's, it's different. You know, of course you have, you know, the comedic aspect when you have Joe on and, and, yeah. and Pippin and all that. But, you know, when you start doing something different as a comedian, I always look at it as a, as a different level of respect because it's so easy to just get on here and just berate each other. And expect, and expect people to listen to that for an hour. You mean what we did right? What we did right before the show? Correct. Yes. Okay. And we'll get. We'll, we'll do more of that later on. Don't worry about Yay. that. But uh, it's great because it's refreshing. It's different, and I, I love. I love how you berate scammers. I absolutely love when you, when you get them to call them on their shit. Oh, it's it's absolutely amazing. Thank you, pal. I appreciate that. Really do. Hey, Davin, tell us a little bit about uh, your show, Davin's Den. Uh, well, it's, uh, I ho God, we've been doing this since 2011, started on terrestrial radio, went to uh, Anthony Cumia's personal studio in his home for a while. Anthony, of course, of uh, Opie and Anthony fame, and now of his own studio, the Compound Network. Uh, and uh, so been doing that. then I have my co-host, Joe Curry, who's a comedian, who you gentlemen know, and is also a big music fan, as we all are, and, uh, and, uh, and Pip Helix who uh, I met when she started comedy and I started comedy. And uh, so it, the first part of the, it's a three hour show. It's really a radio show since we've been on radio and then we've been on the internet and we've been nationally syndicated and done everything. So the first part of the show is just, you know, kind of catching up with everybody, see what everybody's up to, which was a lot easier to do when we all had lives instead of being trapped in our homes. That was a lot, a lot more interesting. And then um, second parts like current events, games. And the third part is kind of like what Sean was talking about. Um, Right now, we're doing a lot of stuff with scamming the scammers. Uh, these uh, internet scammers find me online as they find everybody. Give us an example of, of what do you mean scamming the scammers. What are you, what are you doing? Like, how, how do you expose these scammers? And what was the last scammer you exposed? Or, or one that everyone should really be aware of? Well, I mean, there, there actually is one where we, made, uh, where we made big headlines on it. I mean, that one. Do you want me to tell you about that one? Sure. No, tell us about it. Yeah. I, I'd love to hear it. All right. So... One of my scams, so basically um, what I deal with mostly, not exclusively though, is romance scammers. We all see them. They come online. They want you to fall in love with them immediately. You know, listen, I love somebody who falls in love with me within five minutes. It means I don't have to put anything in their drink. So it makes me happy. <laughs> but, you know, I, obviously I know what they're up to, but I can't let them know what I'm up to. So I go along with it and, and, you know, create fantastic scenarios. The one that we're doing on the air right now, which is not the one I'll tell you about in a second. The one we're doing on the air right now, um, besides being a comic, because they always find me, it's Davin Comedy. Um, I'm also a ghostbuster. Okay. Like a real, like you put down in your description that you're a real life ghostbuster. No, I told her and I tell her about all these ghostbusting adventures. Because we had a ghostbuster. We had Greg Loigren. He's a ghostbuster now. That, that's true. That, that's right. Him and, him and Rich Carucci are, uh, right. are doing that show. That's correct. <laughs> hey, wow. you've, been, you've been doing comedy for over 20 years, huh? Yeah, man. I'm old. Yeah. What's some of your favorite places to play? Um, any place at this point. Uh, 
Well, you know what? Listen, I'm trying to think about. It. I'm trying to think. There's so there's so many clubs, but I have uh, clubs, uh, firehouses. I was supposed to be doing a, a run next week in uh, Nevada, the La- Laughlin Casino, Edgewater Casino. There's there's a lot. I like the Comedy Works in Bristol. Me too. Uh, Rock- Rockwell's in Westchester is nice. Yeah, supposed to be there next week. Yeah, yeah, we're all supposed to be a lot of places. I don't even look at my calendar anymore because it just depresses me. Yeah. I didn't delete any gigs yet, so every day when a gig pops up and it says I'm supposed to be there, and then I get the traffic alerts too, and it says, "Hey, traffic's really light getting to getting to uh, Hawthorne, uh, New Jersey tonight." I'm like, great. If they are to Rockwell, they'll take you 15 minutes now. Right. It's 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 crazy. So, uh, real real quick, the one we were famous for. So one of my scammers posed as this girl, Juliana Avalos. Juliana Avalos was a half-ass model in Miami. Okay, so that that's who the scammer because they steal people's ID. But it seemed a little fishy to us. So Juliana, Juliana Avalos was featured on, uh, on 2020. Actually, Chris Cuomo did the story. Now he's on CNN. And that didn't seem right. So a year later, we discovered that interview and we talked about it on the air. The next day, that interview disappeared from ABC's 2020. There was something wrong about mm-hmm. Juliana Avalos. So, and I, I was, I was kind of on to her and I, ha- I was gathering evidence because they were admitting that they were working with scammers her and her boyfriend had this. So I was collecting all this evidence. And then it came out that she was the lead plaintiff in a lawsuit against Match.com. It was front page news, Daily News, New York Post, Fox News. Everybody was covering it. But I had the scoop that she was really working with scammers. And at first they wouldn't talk to me because I was a comedian. But then um, I started to make a little headway. We started to get some traction in the newspapers. And because of that work, she pulled out of the lawsuit. She went away wow. from the law. Yeah, she went away from the lawsuit. And then later on, I actually found somebody who was actually scammed himself by Juliana Avalos. So not only was she working with scammers, she was actually scamming people herself. So I uncovered all that. And then um, like a year or two ago, her boyfriend Craig and her were, when cryptocurrency was huge, it's still big, they were doing something called BitConnect which turned out to be a Ponzi scheme. Our government shut that down. And because of all the research that I had online, I still have it online, I was getting emails from people that like I, I saved them thousands and thousands of dollars from investing with Craig Grant and Avalos because of all the research I had done. So it, and it actually worked on, on many levels and not to, not to blow it out of proportion more than it is, but there were people that were suicidal that I was helping dealing with Avalos and the scams. So it's kind of weird because now we're going to talk about what we love music and it's so much, and it brings so much joy, but it's kind of weird that somebody who's a comic and tries to bring joy is dealing on this other dark side of things. So to go to Sean's point, it is a little different for what we normally do. Now, before we get into talking music, just one last question about that. Were you ever scammed yourself? Was I ever scammed myself? There was um, an SEO company you know, SEO tries to uh, move you up on, a, on like Google and all. They try to move you up in the search engine. They were called Local Splash. And they gave me high pressure sales pitch. And I signed up with them. And it was complete BS. They couldn't deliver what they said and everything. So I kind of did fall for it. And they didn't want to give me my money back. But I kept on fighting and I fought with my bank and everything. So eventually I never paid them everything. So technically I was scammed, but I did not go quietly into the good night. But, uh, but I've never fallen for like a romance scammer or a lottery scammer. And it's just probably because my situation and because I'm also a little bit skeptical. I mean, I, I got a wife. If I, if I didn't have a wife, you know, maybe I would fall for it. But that's probably the closest. And the thing yeah, is, good. Well, but, but anybody could fall for it. I mean, it, it's not about being dumb. It's really about being naive. So Ooh, I mean, that guy, Manteo Teo, remember the guy who played Mante, for Manteo Teo? Yeah, yeah. Well, he was right. a linebacker. Right. And he supposedly fell in love with, with someone who really didn't even exist. Well, that's what happens. I think like wasn't that one a dude? On the other side of the computer. What? And I, I am watching with bated breath next Sunday when my girl on 90 Day Fiance confronts her, her boyfriend, Williams, that she's never met. I'm telling you right now. Oh, that's next week? Oh, it's next week. It's, it's yeah. Sunday. It's out after the first season. I know somebody. I, I'm, I'm, I know somebody is in one of these scamming community, anti-scam communities who's, uh, who's dealt with Usman and, uh, and Lisa, and they are actually together, a little spoiler alert, they're together, but Usman's in Nigeria, right. and, she, and she's here currently, but they are married now, 
and Yolanda, and he told me he does not think Yolanda will ever come to terms that hmm. Williams is fake. And he had a very grim prediction about what would happen to Yolanda. Let me tell you something. There's a video that I haven't seen yet that a friend of mine sent me about mm -hmm. Lisa and Osman that says uh, it's in an interview where she tells you the difference between the N-word and the shortened version of the N-word. Really? Yes. Uh, I'm saving that for later on tonight for dessert. <laughs> I, I haven't watched it yet. I got to tell you, I mean, I know we're here to talk about uh, music and I really am excited about that, but I talk about 90 Day Fiance now on my show because I have no life myself and there's all these relationship <laughs> issues. So right. this is right in my wheelhouse. Well, let's be honest, Lisa's a pain in the ass. And she's not really, she's not much to look at either. No, it was like, like they do the interviews and it was like, yeah, I just want to come to America. It's like the saddest thing. Gavin, let's get into the music a little bit here. And All right, Jeff. So, you, so your band is Aerosmith, yes? They are my favorite band. Yeah, and, and like you and I, we're so, I don't think it's been canceled yet, but we're supposed to go to a concert. It has not been canceled yet. Two dates have been canceled. Ours, which is in August, has not been canceled. And that, of course, is Joan Jett, uh, Poison, Motley Crue, and Def Leppard, which is it's just a tremendous... It's postponed until next year. You know, who can commit to that? That's yeah, we're going next year. Well, that's the thing. That they're supposed to announce it June 1st, right. but uh, there's been emails that have been leaked out to people that were sent an error already mm -hmm. uh, ahead of time that said that they are postponing the tour until the same time frame next year. I don't, can, I don't, can you guys commit to that? I, I can't really commit I, to I that. can't. I mean, I, I just went through a whole thing today with, with concerts that, uh, you know, I have tickets for about 12 concerts and some of them canceled. I bought them through Groupon. Okay. And the email comes from Live Nation or Ticketmaster. It says your event's canceled. You go on your account. It's not there. So I email Live Nation and they go, no, we're not refunding you. We're just letting you know that your event has been canceled. You have to go through Groupon. Now I go through Groupon and they go, yeah, your event's canceled. We're going to give you credit. I go, no, I want my cash back. And they go, we don't do that. What? So now I have money sitting in a Groupon account. And now I'm not talking like $30. I'm talking like $260. That might be a class action suit. If they're, saying they, they, they're saying they changed their um, policy due to the COVID crisis. They can't, I don't know if they can do that in midstream. I, it's amazing, but yeah. I'm, I'm definitely taking it a little further. Well, what, what are the terms of agreement for when you bought the tickets? I see that what they do is they go through Live Nation. So they're kind of like a middle ground. Mm -hmm. So instead of buying the ticket through Live Nation, you're going through them to get them a little cheaper. You can talk in $20 lawn tickets. Right. So if you go on Live Nation, you're still spending $38. So you're, you're saving money. But now it's, look, I can use the stuff on Groupon. Look, I can use some face moisturizing cream. You know what <laughs> I mean? I can use some, I can use a massage maybe. You know, it's not that it's going to go to waste, but it's just amazing what they're doing. It's absolutely amazing how they, and they I literally, can get away with it. I literally got thousands of dollars wrapped up in ticket refunds, which I think I'm, what I'm going to do is roll over because they give you the option. Say if you spend $200 on tickets, they'll give you uh, $300 okay. on yeah. it. Now I got a couple of thousand dollars wrapped up in tickets. Um, so I think what I'll do is I'll do that and you know, it'll be a better experience you know, once these shows sure. come about. But let's talk a little bit about Aerosmith, all right? All right. So, so Dan, what, what brought you into Aerosmith? You know, like what, I mean, you and I talk music all the time. Okay. That's how we, that's how we kind of like met and that's how we kind of bonded. And, and I thought it was like Kiss who was your band, but I didn't realize it was Aerosmith. So why, why the great American rock band out of Boston? Why do you go Aerosmith? You know, I probably got into them probably on the permanent vacation album, which I know is sacrilegious, mm -hmm. but honestly, when they were like huge in the seventies, I was like one. Right. So, so like. You know, I was I was a kid of like the 80s music and MTV was like playing Ragdoll and Dude Looks Like a Lady and Angel all the time. And then, of course, there was the, the great album. videos. Yeah, the great videos, great, song, great music. And then, of course, was the Pump album. So I got really into it then. And then a friend of mine gave me copies of cassettes. That's how long ago this was of like all their like seven, like a lot of their 70s stuff. So I got into it that way. But I, I think that. First of all, you can't listen to Aerosmith and not feel good. At right. least in my opinion. They, they got that. So there's something about the music, uh, the music combined with the lyrics that Steven Tyler writes that is kind of tongue in cheek and sexy and fun. There's, there's, see, to me, there's a lot of levels going on 
And in concert, in my mind, and I, I listen, I love a great concert. There's nobody better consistently than Aerosmith. I will, I will agree with that. You know, that's they're not deep. You know what I mean? They're not, they're not one of those. Wait, hold on. What do you mean they're not deep? They're, they're not. No, I'm talking like lyrically. Like you're, oh, you're, okay. they're not. They're not like one of these bands that makes you just go, "Oh my God!" You know, I felt the same exact way. You know what I mean? Wait they're a minute. Wait deep. a minute. Wait a minute. You didn't melt when you heard "I Don't Want to Miss a Thing." No, <laughs> that's the song I hate the most. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. I hate that song. No, I, I get what you're saying. You know, listen, they're, they're not you too. To Sean's point, they're not you too. Right. But that's okay. Yeah, but there's different levels for everything. There's different music for everything. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about Aerosmith too. You hit the nail on the head. I went and saw them and I grew up in the same time frame you did. Mm -hmm. I found them on the same album you did and you go backwards. Yeah. But when I saw them live, I saw them with Kiss. I saw that. I saw that tour. And I was, I literally was just like sitting there with my jaw dropped. Like mm. they don't have a bad song when they were doing their live set. You know, I'm no. granted on the record. That's out there. They put one of the best sets consistently out there. I think it's funny that both of you guys picked Permanent Vacation album to start getting into Aerosmith because that really becomes like the turning point for Aerosmith sure. because the album before, Done With Mirrors, is the album without Joe Perry. With no, no, that's not true. That's not true. Oh, you no, were incorrect. No, no, I'm sorry. He, that's when he returned. He returns. Rockin' a hard, rockin' a hard place is the album without Joe Perry. Right. And by the way, a very good album in its own right. Which one? Rockin' a hard place? Yes. Uh, is rockin' a hard place. Um, what? Lightning strikes. Lightning strikes. Jailbait. Yeah, that's Jimmy Crespo playing guitar with them, right? I understand, but it's a good album. Well, no, it's 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 better than than Night in the Ruts. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. But, it's, but when you look at Permanent Vacation, it also signals a change in the sound of Aerosmith. Because I'm a, I'm a big fan of Aerosmith from the 70s, their, their influence of the Yardbirds and like that old school, like, yo, know, hard rock. And this became more of, of, a, uh, of a sign of the time. Like they, well, this this like is when John Kudlodner was in there. Late 80s, early 90s rock band. I'm yeah, this, but that. this is when they had John Kalodner and Desmond Child is writing songs Correct. for them. Correct. They re, they no, had no, to reinvent no. themselves. Say again. No, I, I just said they had to, they had to reinvent themselves. And they did. And, and you know what? Even on permanent vacation, they did, did stay true to their to their um, old school rock roots by doing a cover of a, a Beatles song on that one. I'm down. That's a great. That's a great. That's a great tune. Yeah. And, and the thing is, it's their second Beatles cover, because, you know, even though it's the shittiest movie ever made, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, there's a standout in it, because their cover of Come Together was, I think, the best song on the album. I, li I like the cover better than the original, and I like the Beatles. I'm not shitting on the Beatles. I just happen to like the cover. It's better. a great cover. It's one of the, I think it's one of the top covers. Out. I mean, Sean uh, has done, like, shows on top cover songs uh, on, on his uh, 7 o'clock show. But, yeah. And then... Then you then you said uh, you talked about pump and pump is a completely different sound for Aerosmith because now they're adding horns and more keyboards than they ever have in the past and you know that's a love in an elevator and you talk about deep Jamie's got a gun was a pretty good song you know uh, talking about social commentary at the time and uh, what was what was that oh other side was another song I liked but that. but even the songs that are, are not the singles young lust fine. Monkey off my back. I mean, those are great rock songs. See, that's the thing about Aerosmith. People go, oh, they sold out. They just, they're doing ballads and everything. Yeah, they released a lot of ballads for their singles. But if you go deeper into the album, the stuff they didn't release, you hear that the band can still rock. They can what, rock. What it takes for me is one of the one of the best Aerosmith songs. By the way, that what it takes was the song with my that my song with my first serious girlfriend because we were freaking fighting all the time. And this is like when it was cassettes. So we were fighting. So I wrote the lyrics to what it takes by hand. And I had to rewind the cassette. And there's like all these screams. And like, And the end is like, let it go, let it go. And I'm writing down That's each it. let it go. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh shut up. It was I hate what up, so much pussy. right now. Oh, my God. Oh, come on. I was high school love, fellas. Oh. High school love. I'm I didn't so do it yesterday. I'm reading this on this show. 
Oh, I I can't go one show without going ugh once. I can't do it. Well, what, what, you just said "What It Takes" you think is one of their best songs. What what do you go? I want to rock to "What It Takes." No, it's a ballad. I, I'm not going to some some girl when I'm 16 and saying, "Oh, here, let me just write this out for you because I love you so much." That's well, maybe horrible. If you maybe oh, if you had a girl you? when you were 16, you would have. I didn't. I went to an all boys Catholic high school. That's why. So he wrote right, it out so, for one of the guys. That's yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Right. You know, this is just between you and me, fellers. Uh, you know. <laughs> no, no, is it a ballad or is it it's like a pop song? But I liked, um, was it Crying and Crazy? I thought Crazy was a, was a sweet song. Crazy is a better song put, than Crying, I think. Yeah, I, I think so too. You got to put Amazing in there, though. It was like a trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, those, I those those ones have Alicia Silverstone in the videos. videos. That, that, yeah, damn sure. Didn't they also have Alicia Silverstone in the videos? Yes. yes. And, and Liv Tyler. Tyler. Oh, oh, yeah. And Liv Tyler. That's right. Um, I also think, when I think about Aerosmith, and when we, we sometimes talk about, we do lists of things, when you talk about live albums, I think they may have the best live album ever made, which was, uh, what was it, the uh, bootleg one, live bootleg. Because but was that really live? Huh? Was that really live? Yes. That's what makes it great. You can even hear the fireworks. Uh, exploding in the background. Kiss that, Alive is still the greatest live record of all time. Which one? Live one or live two? One. Live one is notoriously known to have tracks supporting it. I like, I like that one. It's completely live. What, what about a little South of Sanity? You like that? That was live. I like the other one from them. I like the, uh, I think it's live at Donington. That wasn't an official release. That's what was that? Like, it's like on VHS or something. And you also, and they also have it a lot. They also show that a lot on uh, Access. But I do think there is a um, a CD version of it out. If there's a CD version, it was only re released overseas. Because if it was released here, I'd have it. I have some bootleg albums on CD and cassette, but that that has not been released officially over here. No, but I like I like um, the live at Donington because again, I think it's a quintessential Aerosmith set. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the other thing about Aerosmith is. When you look at them, they they make their debut in what seventy three, mm -hmm. and you know they're you know you can hear the influence of of the Yardbirds in there and the Stones and the Beatles, and you know the the big you know the thing that really breaks Aerosmith is Dream On. I didn't realize that Steven Tyler wrote that song when he was eighteen years old. You got to remember about Dream On though. When they first put it out, nobody gave a shit. That song didn't break for a couple of years. Right. They put it out, nobody cared. Well, the following year, well, I, yeah, well, if, if the album came out in 73, right? okay, because the next year they came out with Get Your Wings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but so, I, I think if I got my history right, no, that for some reason that, that single did not get a lot of traction. Which one? Um, Dream On, initially. Initially, there's, I thought they were already working on their second album by the time Dream On started doing something. I'm sure it was. Listen, that, that was a time, not like today, where like you're going years between albums. Yeah. Fans were putting out multiple albums a year. Aerosmith was putting out an album a year. Yeah. And so by, by the time 74 comes around, so maybe, you know, uh, 13 to 16 months go by, Dream On had become big. People wanted more Aerosmith. And then they followed up with... Uh, um, get your wings, and that had train kept a rolling, which you know was a a yardbird song, and also had same old song and dance, which was one of my favorite songs. I think that, I think that might be my favorite Aerosmith song, same old song and dance, which is not a lot of people's favorite Aerosmith song, but no. there's just something about that. It's a good groove. It's got it's got a good it, groove to yeah. it. Yeah, it's a good groove, and I remember I think in '75 there was a a, a concert called California Jam, and they put out like a, a soundtrack of it. I remember getting it. And that was one of the songs that was featured on it. That end draw the line. And it great was tune. really, it was great, man. It was that version of, of same old song and dance really sold me. They still do it well in concert. They what do, do you, uh, what do you think of pink? The song pink. Oh, I thought you were asking me about the artist because I posted about her on, on my Facebook page a couple of days ago. Oh, I'm absolutely in love with her, but that's another, that's another topic. Um, in love with everybody. What do I She's think? An amazing do I think? artist. She's an absolutely br brutally amazing artist. When concerts come around, you want to see her in concert? I want to see her. Out question. All right, we'll go. You and I will go. I'm down. Uh, what do, you know, listen, I mean, by the time Pink comes out, it's kind of formulaic. I mean, we, we kind of know what they're doing. 
it, it never um it never really did it for me but it's aerosmith so i still like it but it's not a go-to song i'm never jonesing to hear pink right exactly but yeah. you know i still like it because it's aerosmith but i turn it right off i hate it yeah, now, are you are you one of those fans that likes every single thing that Aerosmith puts out, or do you acknowledge that some of the songs are garbage? I mean, I, I listen. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you that I'm I'm neither. I'm neither. I do like all their music. Obviously, I like some stuff more than others. But they do things that piss me off, where I do call them out, like the whole thing with Joey Kramer that just went down, oh. where they wouldn't let him play, and then they and then they play what was it, the, the Emmys or not, what was it, the Grammys. And that was a god awful performance. It was and and I called them out on that. So I can't really think of too many songs that they put out where I go, "That's hot garbage," because I like pretty much everything. But they do things that piss me off, and sure. it really hurt. I called them out on my show. Like we have a segment called "You Stink," where like if something somebody does something wrong to you or really upsets you. I, Joe and Pip were shocked that I gave Aerosmith a "You Stink." That's how bad the Joey Kramer Grammys whole charade was terrible yeah that was a horrible situation jeff you you aware of what that what yeah. happened yeah i am and i want to know what do you what do you guys uh where's that heading uh has anything happened uh, has they resolved that but didn't he have to audition to come back into the band i think he's back i think he's back in the band really everything's kind of on hiatus right now but whenever they come back i would expect joey kramer to be part of it the thing about it, joey kramer seems to be the guy they always crap on and he comes from an abusive relationship uh he, i think his father was abusive to him and steven tyler's been very verbally abusive to him over the years and part of that is because before steven uh, tyler was steven tyler the lead singer he was steven tyler rico the great drum player so you wow. know you got steven tyler you know telling joey what he's doing wrong in steven's mind all the time so i feel bad for joey he kind of gets crapped on a lot and you know he listen i'm not saying he's the best drummer of all time but he's he fits the band. They all fit together very well. Right, and if right. I go if I go and see a concert, and I know that an original guy is available, and they're not using him, that pisses me off. I said it at the time. Listen, trot Joey Kramer out there. If you need to have a support drummer, do that. Cheap Trick did that at one point. Or have a drummer have a drummer behind the stage. I don't care. Steven Tyler can't hit the high notes the way that he used to. So they have they have other singers. They have women on the stage with them. It's okay. I'm paying three hundred dollars and flying across the country. Fortunately, I did see the original lineup. But we want to we want to see the guys. They're all alive. That's what makes you guys special. You guys are all alive. Guns N' Roses did that too. It's Steven Adler. They brought him out for for a couple of shows when they, they would do like three or four songs, because knowing mm -hmm. that he's not playing a three hour set. Yeah, that's kind of sad too, because he he really wants it, and they and they just yeah. moved on. Yeah, it's he, hard, well, he it's hard when these drummers get older, you know, you know, sit there and play like these three three and a half hour sets. Yeah, but that's the thing about Aerosmith. It's one of the the few classic rock bands that still have all the original members intact, right? Yeah. So that's what you want. Unlike Kiss, which this farewell tour is, I mean, I love Kiss, but I wasn't going to go see that without Ace and Peter. Well, there was a big rumor. There was a big rumor for the last show at, at the Garden that we were going to bring out Ace and, and Peter. That could have been the whole tour, Sean. They can't pull it off. You have to understand, they cannot pull it off. Why he's can't got, they do what like what Styx does? They'll have Chuck Pisano. He can't play a whole set, but he comes in and he tours with them, plays three, four songs, and then it goes back to the uh, uh, the new uh, bass player, the new bass player. He's been in the band for probably twenty years himself. But you know, if Peter and Ace can play a whole show, Ace, yeah. can, you got to okay. remember too, it's an ego thing. I mean, rock stars have gigantic egos on top of everything. So if you're telling him that he, listen, you can, we we want you to play the tour. Can you do it? Well, I don't really know. I mean, like he would absolutely, I, I would, me personally, I would never, I would never come out to do three songs. That's like wheeling out the old guy, you know, but, but I'm looking at Rocky right here. It's like freaking Rocky Balboa. You know what I mean? Like he, you know, he's trying to go off for that one last fight all the time and he gets his ass kicked all the time. I don't know. I, I say that you just go with the original lineup with their lineup now. Well, you and, know who uh, really gets screwed in this whole kiss thing is Bruce Kulick. What did he do to what did he do to get kicked out? He was there for some great albums, oh, and absolutely. you know, oh, we're bringing back Peter and Ace. Bye, Bruce. What type of crap is that? Very true. Very very true. That's why a Slipknot ever breaks up, and they have a reunion tour. You have no idea who they have on tour. 
You know, World as long Revenge. as you're not Foreigner. Foreigner pretty much trots out nobody, but they still call it Foreigner. I, I saw them, and there was not, not even Mick Jones was in the band. There was not one original guy in that band left. I saw them with Mick Jones. I saw them, uh, was it last year when they were doing with White Snake and uh, Bonham? Yeah, yeah. So well, that's one of the tickets I had, uh, had uh, planned to go to this summer was um, Foreigner, Kansas, and Europe. Oh, wow. Not a big Europe fan? No. Yeah. Love all three of those bands. I was looking forward to that. And that's a good one to go see with the wife. So, yeah, that's, 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 yeah, that's exactly it. Right. I was, it wasn't like I was going with you, Sean. Yeah. Well, I would take it. You know what, Sean's. You're one to talk, Sean, because you got a hard on for Mariah Carey. So you got to slow down. Uh, yeah, I do. You know why? Because right here, it's autographed in person by her. Really? Yes. Wait, 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 angel. There's a good angel. story that backs up that Mariah Carey autograph. I, I waited five hours online outside. And how much time did you get to spend with us? Eight seconds. <laughs> what was it, like a signing event? Yeah, she did a signing. You had to go... Um, there's a, a, com a great comic, Jess Sager, mm -hmm. and she's equally as obsessed with her as I am. So she went out and bought the CDs ahead of time. You get the wristbands, and then you got to go later on that night. I had a connection uh, Sony, at Sony Hall in New York, and I have a good friend who works for Sony. Mm -hmm. She could not let me cut the line. Really? It was in December. I waited five hours, out, five and a half hours outside. I didn't have a jacket. And it dropped to like 18 degrees. My friend drove from Brooklyn to bring me a jacket because it was so freaking cold outside. Why, Why do you have a jacket? Because I'm a moron. Have you guys just met me? Yeah, it's true. I mean, that's what, that's what we're saying. You got a lot of balls to go after Jeff for, uh, for Europe, Kansas, and foreign. And when you got I this do. story. Well, I'm telling you. But I, I, I've said this before. You know, I, I waited. It was well worth it. I walked inside. I looked her right in the eye. And I was said, really? She is drop dead gorgeous in person. Really? Did she smell good? Uh, she did smell good, yes. I said to her, Do you realize how much I love you? She goes, No, tell me. I said, Words can't tell. I was such a creep. It was great. It was great. That was it. Do you know how much I love you? Words can't tell. Like, you don't write for a living. What's wrong with you? If you only had eight seconds, Davin. It's not like you didn't have five and a half hours to think about what to say about her. Now a point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, let's get back to Aerosmith a little bit. Okay. Uh, yeah, so we talked about, we covered that with it. I think the last real, like, hit they had that, from original music, was it uh, off of Nine Lives, Jaded? Was Jaded a hit? I think yeah, it was top 40. Yeah, I think it was a hit. Not uh, a great fan of that song either. You know, they they had stuff from uh from another dimension. I don't know if any of that was you know, may, maybe I, I, I didn't even listen to that album. It's a good album. There's some good yeah. To go back to Sean's point, uh, or maybe it was your point, I apologize. Yes, there's some songs that aren't great on a, on another songs from another dimension, but there's also some good tunes on there too. Yeah, maybe Jaded was the last. Um, original one off of Nine Lives? Because what did they have? What came after Nine Lives? After Nine of... Lives came, uh, um, oh, it was that cover album. Honkin' on Bobo. Yeah. Yeah, there was nothing off of that. And there was nothing off of Music from Another Dimension either. So I guess, I guess Jaded is. Yeah. So, Jaded. what are your top three, your personal top three favorite Aerosmith albums? Oh, let's see. Uh, well, I mean, I guess you got to put rocks in there, right? Rocks. Everybody puts rocks in there. Yeah. You, in that, my you know, mind, that, was, that was Kurt Cobain's favorite album. All right. So maybe I'll blow my brains out. I don't know. Oh, maybe. Open dream, Dad. <laughs> well, after, gonna, after, do, after doing this podcast, what's left? <laughs> you know, may, may, maybe I'll utter half a sentence to Mariah Carey and then do it. But that's <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> And Davin was worried that we weren't going to be busting balls on this. Exactly. I wasn't worried. Sean was worried. <laughs> there was no uh, problem. This was definitely going to happen. Yeah. You know, I really, I mean, you, so you're not counting greatest hits albums or anything like that. No. No. All right. So uh, it's, it's got to be, uh, it's got to be rocks, maybe permanent vacation. And probably, my, sure, I think I the best, and probably, I think the best album 
if you go all the songs, even the stuff you know most people haven't heard of, I think Pump is a damn good album. Absolutely, absolutely. That is, I'll tell you right now, Davin. I never thought we were a lot alike. Those are my three favorite Aerosmith albums. What though. about really? It's a great. It's a, you asked me my top three. I listen. I, I I got ten kids. Only three get to live. I'm killing seven kids. <laughs> oh, I hate that analogy. And what would you say? What are your 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 top three Aerosmith songs? I know very hard to do, but still, if you have to pick three that you really enjoy, what are they? Oh, probably the movie. No, uh, that's that's an instrumental that they did. Yes. Uh, my uh, let's see. Uh, I like Chip Away the Stone. Hmm. I, I like um, I like uh, what was the same old song and dance. What else? I mean, there's so many good songs. Uh, Back in the saddle. Nah, I mean, I like it. I like it, but it's uh, you know, Mama Kin's a great tune. Yeah, Mama Kin. And I hated the Guns N' Roses version. I didn't hate it. Ugh, I don't know why. I'm well, gonna go. I'm gonna go with what it takes. So I just I love that song, and now I have a vision of of Davin writing it to a. Would like, you like me to do that for you? I could do that. I, I, I may off the air. We'll talk about that. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go. What it takes. Sweet emotion and walk this way. No, no. I'm probably gonna go love in an elevator. Really? Yeah, because yeah. it was one of those songs that just resonated with me as as a kid. And I, I think the MTV part really uh, attributed to that too. It was now, did it resonate bad. because did it resonate because you wouldn't take the stairs? Is that what it was? <laughs> you dick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I just I I agree with you 100. percent Pump is a, you know, you put that up at any rock album from the 90s. Yeah, it's right up there. Well, actually, it came out in '89, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. I yeah, no, I, think it's, it's, I mean, I know it's it was kind of weird is like people look at it as like let's new Aerosmith, but it's, but it's we're going like on 30, 40 years already. Yeah, bingo. And for it's you and I, out. that's that's when we got into it. So it has a special place for us. That was my holy one of my holy grail vinyl albums to find for my vinyl collection mm -hmm. before they re-released it. I found it for three dollars. Oh, in really? Hartford, in Hartford, Connecticut. Yep. Well, what about you, Jeffrey? What are your three? Uh I don't think my three are gonna really like uh pushing the needle, but I think my favorite is um, Train Kept the Rolling. I know it's a cover, but okay. it's something I still would put on to this day and not ever get bored of it. Um, man, I hate to be like the sappy guy, but there was something about um, Crazy that I really, really? loved. It really? had a very like, almost like a 50s type of sound to me, like a 50s, 60s type of sound, and I really enjoyed that. And then... I don't know, maybe uh, Sweet Emotion. You know, I've never had a grown man admit that Crazy is one of his favorite songs. <laughs> it's true. Listen, if, if, we're, if we're all pouring out our heart here, okay, <laughs> I might as well get a little sentimental as well. Hey, Davin, switching gears a little bit, uh, me and you, we, we commiserate over the same thing. What did you okay. think about the Jets draft? You know, uh, listen, You're I thought they had... Jeff Van, I, I know that. I thought they had to get a lineman. I don't know anything about this lineman. He's supposedly very big. He supposedly has has good feet, you know? I, I Listen, they, they they address needs. I don't know why they got a safety unless he's going to play cornerback. Well, but they're going to cut May. So he'll, he'll play one year. And this guy, he doesn't only play safety. He can play corner. He can play special teams. And most importantly, he could return kicks and punts. I hope they don't cut Marcus May. I, I hope they don't do that. He'll play one more year with them, and then he, they, don't, they don't need three safeties on the team. No, but, but this guy might be a cornerback because they need cornerbacks. He's, a, he's too small to play a, as a natural corner, but he can play um, the free safety. I mean, you know, with these – I mean, how can – the draft happened a month ago. I mean, you know, I, I, I would sound like – I would sound like typical sports guy who gets on and just rants about shit he's never seen before. It, you know. Unless when it's the season, then you start flipping out. Uh, well, yeah, because now I'm seeing shit. <laughs> you know. Are you a Gaze fan? Do you like Adam Gaze? Um, do I like Adam Gaze? I wasn't enamored with them getting him. I Me didn't really, I didn't really like that they got him. Uh, I certainly have not seen the uh, offensive prowess that we were promised. Oh, he's a guru. A guru, yes. Guru. A guru. 
I think that's because he uh, he went to India to study with a yogi. I think that's why he's a guru. Uh, I, you know, I'll give him another year. I mean, what 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 are we gonna do? We're not gonna fire him after two year after a year or two. I hope it's better. Uh, my expectations are not high. They have a tough schedule. The division's significantly weaker. Um, you got you got to see more from the offense this year. You got to use the running back Le'Veon Bell a little bit more. Um, and now they got Frank Gore for whatever's that worth. Worth worth. You got you have to devise schemes to make sure Sam Darnold can actually stand up. Your your general manager re refurbished the whole line, so there should be no excuses unless they get decimated by injuries again. Right. Um, here's something I want to ask. Ask the two of you, both Sean and Davin. Um, let's go back to comedy for a second. What's the most annoying thing that's ever happened to you while you were on stage? I wonder if I was with you on one of those nights, Davin. Annoying thing. I'm trying to say, could something happen when me and you performed one night together? Um, all right, well, tell me what it is. Uh, do you remember one night we're, we're in New Jersey? Okay. And you're on stage, and the the owner of the place is having a conversation, not low, but really loud in the middle of Now, there's not a ton of people in the place to begin with, and he's occupying a whole table, doing like almost look like his own show. Do you remember yeah. that? Um, was it something I booked? No, 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 no. Because I've actually... I've actually had venues where the owner would hold court, you know, for during the comedy show. I didn't actually perform on it, but because I wasn't actually at the gigs, but I had produced it where the owners would hold court and draw all this attention to themselves while the acts are on stage. So that's probably the most annoying thing because that's somebody who knows better, who has an investment in it, is actively working to sabotage you. In fact, no, you did. Do you remember this? You not only um, addressed it from stage, you walked off the stage, went up to the guy, and confronted him at the table. That sounds like something I would do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. How did it go? I don't, I don't remember this. How did it go for us? It didn't go well. No? <laughs> no. It wasn't, it wasn't our finest night of comedy. Where was this? Uh, that place. Uh, Molly McGuire's, I think it is called. Oh, God. Who books Molly McGuire's? That was an Apple show, I think. Yes. Oh. I had a bad instance there, too. Wait a minute. Was that the one with the big square bar? No, down the basement. Oh. Oh. Yeah, that was a... Now I remember. Jeez, Jeff, I blocked that one out. <laughs> yeah, mine was bad. I had a bad experience there, too. I had Carucci was headlining, and I was middling. And uh, I think it was, it was, I think it was like Joan Weisblatt was hosting. Okay. It was one of the sweetest people in the world. Yeah. And she came off and she, she was shaken because it was only eight people in the crowd. And it was six drunk 50-year-old women and a couple next to them. And that was it. Ugh. So, of course, I'm an asshole. And I decided to go, I go after them, too. And, like, like he was even, like, egging me on. Go, go take care of him. Take care of him. You know, I'm like, all right, fine. So, you know, I do whatever I got to do. And uh, I got off, and then he goes, you know, you went light. I went, huh? He goes, yeah, you only, you're supposed to do 30. You only did 28. Who said that, Rob? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for eight people. And it was like one of those train wreck shows, because that place was not really conducive to great comedy. Well, yeah. I, I wouldn't know. There was never a great amount of people in it when I was exactly. there. I've done yeah. it where it was pretty good. Uh, me and uh, Rick Adonis. He's a and, and I also did it with, uh, oh, what was that? Um, oh, what's that girl? Uh, Stacey Kendra. And, you know, both those times were actually pretty good shows. Yeah, I, I mean, when, we, when you and I did it, there just wasn't a lot of people there. And those people, those people came in late, the ones they you were did. talking about. And they were sitting in the back. That's right. So, because before that, there was a small group of people that were into the show. Correct. But these now people... What? Yeah, yeah. But these people were so loud and so obnoxious that they were detracting from the enjoyment. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But the staff said it was cool, but I, 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 was, I never came back, so I, I don't know. I had one of the worst experiences ever and had one of those comedy god experiences where the, god, the comedy gods shine down on you once in a while. You know, you, we've all had that. Yep. I had mouth surgery on a Thursday. I had a crown put in. Uh, my crown broke. They put a temporary in. I'm out in Long Island at Governor's on Saturday, and I'm hosting, and there's this really mouthy, just obnoxiously drunk woman sitting in the front. 
and has her feet on the stage. It's one of the uh, things that I lose my mind with when I work at a small club. I asked her nicely, you please take your feet off the stage. I'm working here. No, I paid a ticket. I could do whatever I want. Ugh. And then she just won't stop talking, right? So I go, ma'am, I've asked you nicely. Can you please get your feet off and tone it down a little bit? Everybody's trying to hear. And she just keeps going off and off. And I start talking. And now she's talking over me. And people are starting to yell at her. And as she's talking, I feel something move in my mouth. And I go, oh, shit, what is this? And my, my temporary crown fell out while I'm talking. So I pull it out. And I go, your voice is so horrible. You're making my fucking teeth fall out. <laughs> And the play, I, let me tell you something. I'm not one of those guys who ever says I murdered, I killed, whatever. I have never had a roaring crowd like that in my entire life since then. That's they great. went absolutely ballistic. They, they threw the girl out. And, and Vic had to follow me after that. Mm -hmm. And he even goes, did you plan that? <laughs> I said, yeah, I planned on ripping a fucking tooth out of my mouth, you moron. We know what that means. That means you're a prop comic. Exactly. Oh my God. Please let, let's talk about this real quick. Okay. Okay. You're doing zoom comedy now, right? Have you tried it? Yes. Okay. Have you subjected yourself to becoming a prop comic like I have? No, no. What are you doing? I, I realized I watched it and I said, to, I want to punch myself in the face because I hate prop comedy. I just, I don't like it. Okay. I report myself. I caught myself doing, hey, I know all the people on this show, so before I start, and I took out the Lysol, and I'm spraying my computer, right. and, it, and it got a cheap pop, and I'm like, all right, maybe it works. So then I started doing a whole bit about hoarding, so now I'm on hoarders, and I'm, I pulled out all this stuff that I bought. I'm like, I don't drink, and I'm pulling up two bottles of bourbon. I, I have a peanut allergy, and I pull up two bottles of freaking Skippy, and after I watched it afterwards, I'm like, I am vile and disgusting. I fucking hated myself for two days after doing this. You're and muffin top. You're not carrot top. You're muffin top. <laughs> I hate my friends. Can I tell you, people? I hate my friends. I'm just honored that you consider me a friend. I do. I do. Not after today. You guys are going to see Pink. I did. What? You like? You don't. Pink looks like she rocks. You know who else looks like she rocks? Kelly Clarkson. I have a fantasy about Kelly Clarkson. You guys are fucked up. I don't get you guys. Why don't you go see Europe, Omo? I'm going to see Europe. I would love to. The concert got canceled. Maybe maybe you can sway gently to carry. Oh, I can't yeah. the two of you. Pink puts on one of the greatest shows you'll ever see. Who's next? Uh, uh, Taylor Swift? Tell me you guys. I know see Taylor Swift. I got a couple of her albums. You guys think. Yeah, I love Taylor Swift. I hate Taylor Swift. What, you don't, do, do you respect Lady Gaga? Well, yes. I've seen her in concert. Oh, oh, so why is Lady, why does Lady Gaga get credit, but Pink doesn't? But she's better than them. Different. Yeah, they're different. Very different. She's better. She's more, mu she's better more musically. Um, I will say this. I think that Lady Gaga is a better musician and a better songwriter. Mm -hmm. Pink is a better performer. Pink's a better performer. I don't know. Didn't Lady Gaga do the Super Bowl and come like down from the Kelly ceiling? Clarkson. Yeah. Kelly Clarkson. Ah, God. I love Kelly Clarkson. Let me, let me tell you something about Kelly Clarkson. You, you guys, you go on a long car ride as we do in this business, to get from gig to gig. I will tell you something. Kelly Clarkson's Greatest Hits is a great CD to get you going. A lot, lot of upbeat stuff Never. on there. A rattling it's white right on here, buddy. It's right <laughs> on here. You have Kelly Clarkson's on your phone. I have tons of Kelly Clarkson on my phone. Jeff, I'm diverse, okay? I'm diverse. Yes, yes, you're very woke. I have always said that if I ever, God forbid, die in a car accident and they grab my phone, they're going to think I'm a sociopath by looking yeah. at the computer. I'm, I'm going to one up you guys. Give me your phone that's going to give you that away. Ugh. What do you think is the most? Because I, I got a I got a USB cassette player in my car. I have I have a cassette in my in my car that I think is the most embarrassing in my cassette player right now. Both take a guess. Air supply. It's a good guess, but um, no. I, I had tickets to see a supply, by the way, so no. How dare you mock us? How dare you mock us? Again, the wife. The wife. Whatever. Uh -huh. Right. The wife. the wife. Yeah, you're all out of love. <laughs> My wife lives in Canada. Uh, okay, what would be an embarrassing one that you would have? Like like the, the, the soundtrack from Glee. Wow, okay. Okay, wow, I didn't think about that. This cassette. <laughs> uh, no, I've never liked Glee, so no. But this cassette is not my cassette. I'm telling you that right now. It's my wife's cassette. 
but they have a couple songs that I've always liked. It is Wham. Love oh. Wham. I love Wham too. It's a little embarrassing, fellas. We're grown men. I've seen George Michael in concert. You saw him in a Greyhound bathroom bus station too, didn't you? I listen. If I did, I, I would have taken a selfie. You know what, Jeff? If you did, at least you would have known what to say to him. Unlike some people. That's very right. true. <laughs> very true. I waited five I minutes know. to get into this stall. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, on that note, anything you'd like to plug, Davin Rosenblatt? Um, let's see. I got a Zoom comedy show on <laughs> on uh, on May thirtieth. You go to Laugh at Home Comedy. Dot com tickets will be uh, up there soon. Laugh at home comedy.com and uh, Davin's Den, which uh, you can listen on, at davincomedy.com, iHeartRadio, iTunes, tune in, Stitcher, hang out at my house. I got nothing to do, I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> I, that's why we got to go. I got a, I got a Zoom comedy show myself today. Look at you, aren't we so successful all doing shit from our basement? I oh, love that's why Jeff put on a collared shirt, you son of a bitch. I don't, you were thinking about that the whole time, I, right? The whole goddamn show, I'm saying to myself, why is he wearing a friggin' teal polo shirt? You suck. <laughs> you know what? You know what's great about Zoom comedy? You don't have to get fully dressed for it. I did my first show without shoes the other day. It was very freeing. I don't do any so shows. What are you wearing right on? now? What are you wearing behind? Uh, what do you wear beside that shirt? What do you got on? Who, me? Yeah, shorts. Oh, here's my Metallica shirt. I'll show you. It's my unicorn pajamas. There you go. Oh my god! Go. I don't think he's put. He has not put on pants since. Oh, I never wear pants anymore. It's fucking beautiful. You know what's sad? You're probably right, Jeffrey. And just the other day, he posted online where he was driving his mom around. Wouldn't even put pants on for his mom. Well, that's with what kind man? of relationship we have. That don't count. That's why she was wearing a mask. She exactly. wasn't afraid of COVID. It was shame. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. All right. That was great. God, that's thank the way to end this. Absolutely. Gavin, thank you so much for coming on, man. It was so much fun. Holy smoke. Thank you guys for having me. This was good, man. Listen, if we never do comedy again, we should definitely do this on occasion. I agree. We're going to be doing comedy again. I got a couple of things uh, in the works that uh, I'll have you guys uh, part of. I actually just booked my first comedy show post-COVID. Really? Yes, February of next year. Yeah, but you don't know if that's going to go. I'm saying... Between us and whoever listens to this, we, I think we got something going starting um, June 6th and then hopefully uh, beyond that. Fingers yeah, crossed um, for you guys. I'll tell you guys uh, about that, like, you know, when we're done with this. All right? Very good. All right, guys. Adam, we are done. Thank you so much, Sean. We have a great week next week, so. We're doing two shows next week. Yeah. It's going to be a good one. All right, guys. Thank you, uh, Adam, once again. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, buddy. Close us out. Good night, everybody.